Good morning. When Dave asked me to do a reflection on scripture that encourages me, I'm pretty sure he knew that he could count on me to go to the Psalms because that's one of my favorite places in the Bible. Okay, my favorite, my very favorite place. So this reading that I've chosen is from Psalm 73, and it's verses 21 to 23. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was stupid and ignorant. I was like a brute beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. It's become my practice each morning to sit down with a cup of tea in my Bible and read the Psalms. Taking the advice of Dave and Eugene Peterson, I usually read five Psalms every morning, and then I spend some time reflecting and writing in my journal. At five Psalms a day, I can usually read all the way through the book in just a little bit over a month. And I stop at this passage in Psalm 73 every single time. I love in this passage how the psalmist is speaking directly to God. The emotions are honest and raw. Earlier in the psalm, the speaker has complained to God, expressing frustration, self-righteousness, envy, and weariness. In the passage I just read, the speaker recognizes these feelings, admitting them to God. And then comes verse 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. This passage encourages me because it reminds me that it's not up to me to find God, because God is already here, always. There's a line of Christian thinking out there that focuses on the pursuit of God. The idea is that it's our job to set out on the difficult journey to find God, and then to undertake the even more difficult task of doing the things that will please God at least according to the people who believe in this idea. There's usually something about struggle and suffering woven into the how-to instructions. The idea is that we must work extremely hard to find, deserve, and keep God's love. And frankly, not many of us will actually make it because most of us are not worthy. For me, this passage in Psalm 73 blows up that whole idea. I can talk to God directly. I can be weak complain, envy others, worry, and be weary. And God is continually with me. God wants me, finds me worthy of the pursuit, and God loves me. So even though I'm bitter and unlovable, I'm a brute beast. I'm still worthy to be in God's heart. I find comfort and encouragement in knowing that searching for God is not necessary. I am with God here, now, and God is holding my hand. Sorry. I still work on being a better person, and this passage reminds me that there's not exclusion, but inclusion in God's heart. God created me and finds me worthy. What others say about me and what I think about myself doesn't matter. I don't have to spend my life pursuing God, jumping through hoops and performing rites and rituals. It's not what I do, but what God is that's important. For me, this passage puts God at the center of the story, which is how it should be. So often we read scripture trying to find what we should do or what we should be, and I think often we get it wrong. I think that that's because we think more about ourselves. We try to make it about us. Instead of trying to find ourselves in scripture, we should be looking for what God has done and what God is doing. 
We need to look for the incredible gifts from God, mercy, love, and grace that are all around us and personified in Jesus. If we can remember that the pursuit belongs to God, then all we have to do is look up. Um, Will you join me in Open My Eyes That I Can See? This is a hymn that reminds me of going to church with my family when I was growing up, and every time I sing it, I hear my dad's voice sing in the bass line. Good morning. morning. I have weathered many challenging life circumstances that have truly tested my faith. Uh, At times I've become overwhelmed beyond reason, truly diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder multiple times. I've become so overwhelmed that I felt like I needed to be a lone ranger and manage this on my own. Why couldn't I just get through this and make this happen and find the secret to unlock the potential solution, trying to muster every thread of inspiring strategies, solutions, and just became so overwhelmed that I couldn't handle it. I found myself grieving painfully and deeply, attempting to navigate the path alone And this message that I'm sharing with you today is very simple, and it's one verse, and it's been on my refrigerator for, I'd say, close to a decade. I found comfort in this message. I hope it speaks to you as it has to me each time I read it. I surrender to him and his holy magnificence and celebrate my unending blessings. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you may go. And it's very interesting that Connie had the same thread of what I feel this brings to me is God is with me always. And when I don't struggle and give it to God, I end up getting solutions beyond compare. So I just wanted to share that with you. I think God is magnificently among us. And it's just a matter of us accepting that and walking in that faith and asking for him to be with me. Thank you. Good morning. When Pastor Dave asked me to consider reflecting on a passage of scripture that was meaningful to me, I was excited at the opportunity, but also nervous and maybe a tad anxious. There are so many scriptures that really speak to me. But the one I chose today for today was 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 13, 3. Um, It's a large chunk of scripture, and I'll explain kind of why it, it speaks to me. I'll read it for you first. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. 
Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Practically speaking, this passage is about the gifts of the Spirit as well as the fruit of the Spirit, namely love. If we do not have the fruit of the Spirit, our gifts, Paul says, are rather meaningless. Our gifts are meant to build up one another and the church. Without love, these gifts are empty and meaning, meaningless for both us and for others. This passage of scripture has liberated me a number of times when I read it and reflect on it. I think what speaks to me about this passage is the bridge in the middle where it says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. If I am honest, I didn't fully understand this passage the first number of times I read it. I remember asking God to teach me how to live these verses and wondered, why was this the most excellent way? What I originally connected with was the list of gifts. For some reason, they connected with my work ethic and how I measure myself against my productivity. Over time, I have kind of marinated in these scriptures, so to speak. I've learned that we can have and use the gifts that God gives us, but if we don't have love or use them in love, it falls short. These verses speak to me in three different ways. First of all, I often associate myself with Martha, the one in the background doing all the preparations, who is slightly annoyed with Mary for not helping because she is busy anointing and washing Jesus' feet. These verses remind me that God loves me, and his love for me is unconditional. His love exists absent of what I do or don't do. He says, Jana, don't get so caught up in the tasks and getting your meaning from what you do and accomplish that you forget that I love you, and that is a most excellent thing. God also reminds me not to get so caught up in the tasks that I lose sight of the people right there in front of me. This passage says to me that if I don't love others, then my God-given gifts don't really matter. God reminds me, don't lose sight of who is right in front of you and love them. That is your most important task. If you are like me, sometimes this is easier said than done. Last spring, I was dreading going to work one day. I had about four and a half hours of meetings that I truly did not want to attend. I had been voluntold to attend these meetings, and while the uh, topics held some interest, the people on the, in the meetings were rather prickly. I spent extra time snoozing with my snooze alarm this morning and really seriously contemplated calling in sick. I had a lot of other things I needed to do that day. Lucky for me, we were reading this particular passage in a Lectio Divina group before work that day. For those of you who don't know about Lectio Divina, it's a way of reading scripture, or as Pastor Dave says, letting the scripture read you. You read the scripture three times, each time for a different purpose. 
The first time you read it, attending to a word or phrase that speaks to you. The second time you read it, paying attention to a feeling or emotion. And the third time you listen for an invitation. It was the invitation that morning that really shifted my thinking. My invitation was to pay attention to the people, connect with them and love them and let everything else go. My mind shifted. I was reminded if I have not love, I am nothing. Love others, that is the most excellent way. Finally, in this passage of scripture, God reminds me to love him. I can do this by loving his people. I also love God by reading his word, spending time with him in prayer, and in worship. God's love changes me. It shows me a new way and creates space in my heart to love others. The hymn I chose for us this morning is Blessed Assurance. I chose this hymn because one of the lines in the chorus is, this is my story, this is my song. We each have a story and our stories matter. They matter to God and to one another. They provide connection and perhaps hope. I'm curious for you, what is a scripture that speaks to you and sheds light on your story?